Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Good afternoon. I'm Rita Chelli. This is Ontario Today. Two black guys with good credit is back like Eddie Shack. In this hour, one half of this dynamic duo on the dumbest ways to lose money and how to stop. And as a season opener, we decided to go in on Jay-Z's new album, 444. You want to know what's more important than throwing away money at a strip club? Credit. Now that for those that don't really understand what he's saying, maybe speaking too quick or maybe just going over your head, I thought I would spit it out. The lyric is... You want to know what's more important than throwing away money at a strip club? Credit. I'm going to do a disclaimer right now, and I've never told my mother this, but yes, I had quite a lot on the credit card. This is when I was getting the the bills still mailed to my house, so I'd stash them away a little bit. (laughs) When I was 20 years old working at Tim Hortons, I had a limit that was way too high for the income that I was making. I went to the Rito Center for the first time, and I hit up every store on the first level, (laughs) and I had no concept of, you know, what it means to pay interest at that time. The dumbest way you ever lost money and how to stop. One triple eight eight one seven eight nine nine five. And I see that I'm a bit of a shopaholic. I've brought my monster purse with me. I've looked at all my scarves. Do I really need sheep, animals, elephants, uh, foxes? Uh, there was a store closing at Rito Center the other day, and they were selling, you know, on the red carpet. You have those r- red velvet ropes. It just looked really cool. I thought I could have it at home. My daughter's an artist. I've just basically put it in front of her artwork. Now my kids really think I'm a bit uh, of a crazy mom. Our guest grew up in Ottawa, went to university in the nation's capital, and is now living in Brooklyn, New York. Sean Linda says he's learned a lot in his own life. He was in the World Trade Center on September the 11th. He has worked on Wall Street. Now he flips real estate, runs an online business, and coaches young people on how to basically stop being clueless and be smart about money. He's also one of the stars of the educational and entertaining podcast, Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Here's how to join in live today. one 8899 With good credit. And again, Sean Linda is one of the hosts of this podcast. He's the co-founder of Financially Clean. This is a nonprofit that leads workshops for high school and post-secondary students. Again, how to be financially disciplined is the goal. Uh, he grew up in Ottawa, as I mentioned, and after university, apparently landed in New York City without a job. <laughs> Welcome to the program. <laughs> I did. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Good to be home. Good to be back in O-Town. Yeah. So you grew up in Ottawa. You went to which university did you go to? I went to 
uh, Ottawa U. Okay. Uh, yeah. What was your? What did you major or minor in? Uh, finance, marketing, become. Mais that voila! Makes <laughs> that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually, ran after the money. You ran after the money. Yeah. Listen, maybe before we get into some of that, uh, the the other personal story, just because of what's in the news uh, with Vegas, even Edmonton, and I made that reference to September 11th. What happened? Yeah, I um at that during September 11th. I worked at um, for American Express, and I worked in the World Finance, Financial Center, which is basically right across from the World Trade Center. But every day I would commute into the World Trade Center, so I took the subway into the World Trade Center. And when the first plane hit, I was unfortunately just coming off the train. And, um, yeah, so when the plane hit, everybody was disoriented. I didn't know what it was, to be honest with you. I'm just scrambling to get out, just following the crowd. And although I worked in the World, world um, Wall Street area for six years, I was totally clueless as to where I was because you're just kind of disoriented. You don't know what's going on. You're just scrambling. So I finally figured out where I was when I got to the bull, the statue of the bull. And I kind of looked up and I saw this half plane hanging out. And, you know, from where I saw it, never really thought it was um, a, a commercial plane. I thought it was some crazy guy that didn't know how to fly a painting and flew it into the building by accident. And, you know, you're so conditioned because... At that point, I ran a Tuesday meeting at American Express, and it was my job to bring everybody together. We had we had to call in call ins from coming from Arizona, from California, and all that was focused in my head was like, how do I get around this crap to get to my job? <laughs> that oh, yeah, was my primary thought and goal that morning. And then I saw, looking up, I saw the other plane within a few minutes loop around and then hit the building, and that's when I was like, whoa. This is something is happening that's not supposed to be happening. And so when stuff like this happens, uh, and, and you know, I don't want to hijack our whole conversation. We will talk about debt and money right. and whatnot. But I, I want to acknowledge because even behind the scenes, oh, we were agonizing did. behind, like how to address this. And I have some ideas for later in the week. But I thought it's appropriate to ask you when you see stuff like you know, do you go back to that day? Oh, for, for, for definitely, it's like a flashback. It's a scary moment because. You know, like I said, I was trying to get out of there and trying to get home safely. And you didn't feel safe. And I'm sure everybody in Vegas can relate to. I didn't feel safe till I got to my apartment that time and was able to sit in my living room. And, you know, then everything just came in front of me as to what just happened. And I recently stayed frozen for nine hours and was just crying because you just it's, it's just overwhelming, you know. And I remember even my neighbors in the building at that time, as they saw me walking in the building, they just saw the look on my face. I don't know how the look was, but they were just, everybody was just stopping me. Are you okay? Are you okay? And it was, you're just in shock. And I think I was in a nine hour shock. And I'm sure those people in Vegas are probably experiencing the same thing. It's just, uh, you know, something that you can't imagine happening because you're not planned for. It's not something you can plan for. You can predict your, you know, your normal commute to work or going to a mm-hmm. country music festival. And all of a sudden your life has changed forever. Mm-hmm. How long have you been living now in the U.S.? 21 years. Oh, okay. So yeah. tell us the story. Again, I'm going to give it the telephone number. So <laughs> we, I played some in the opener. Some I saw that. I saw <laughs> you getting down. Jay-Z. <laughs> right. But also just the example of running wild with a credit card, being young. Maybe the I, 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 There were a million ways to ask this. But I think as a starting point, you know, the thing that's most embarrassing, the dumbest way to have lost money. And then you obviously like interacting with young people. So the younger, the better. But that's okay. Uh, and, and giving out advice. So it's one 817 Sean Linda is our guest. And he's one of the hosts of the podcast. Podcast, two black guys with good credit. What first landed you in New York? I was in. I have a brother. Um, we're we're brothers on our, my father's side, and he was living in New York. He he grew up in New York, and he worked for a brokerage firm at that point, AmeriCorp. And he was supposed to land me a job, so that was the plan. I was at Ottawa U, patiently, impatiently waiting to graduate and run to New York and be this Wall Street guy. 
And to my surprise, when I got to New York, I realized that his nickname was、um, the seasonal worker. So he left his job about a few weeks before I got so he can relax during the summer. This was your brother? This is my brother.、Oh. So I, I had no job. And, you know, I, and then I said, well, I had to kind of figure out what my next move was. So I just started applying. And I, luckily, I got into a program at、uh, Chase Bank where I was, became a retirement investment specialist. And that's where kind of, I would say, started my whole financial journey because then I learned and I managed retirement products and IRAs, which is like RSPs here and 401ks and so forth. And I really got to understand how it works and how powerful these tools are. Okay.、Um, lots more to ask you, but let's start with the phones. Dan, where are you calling us from? Oh, I'm calling from beautiful Mattawa, Ontario. Perfect. So the sun is shining in Mattawa. I take it today? Oh, yes. And it's a beautiful drive. It's 20 degrees. And I don't know if the crows are singing yet, but, well, that's a different topic. <laughs> yes. So tell us, what, what, what did this bring to mind? Like the dumbest way, and maybe it's a story you, you like telling now. Maybe it wasn't so funny at the time. <laughs> what happened? Well, the dumbest thing was more of a desperate situation. My car needed to be、uh, fixed. So. I was like, okay, I need $600 now. So I kept getting these ads on Facebook for these micro lending agencies and alternative lenders and all that. So I applied to one of them. And what was supposed to be an eight,、uh, $600 loan, well, easily became a $1,200 uh, pain in the you know what.、Mm. Hmm. So they were asking、uh, like a good $150 every two weeks. And back then, well, my, my financial situation was kind of a little、uh, dodgy, we'll say, a little iffy. So I fell behind a couple of payments, and yeah, they threatened to bring me to court and jacked the, yeah, the whole money owing to $1,200 some odd dollars plus $50、uh, every two weeks for missed payment. So as we speak, I'm owing them like a good $1,400. Oh, you're still in it. This isn't ancient history then. Oh, no, this is as recent as、uh, three weeks ago. Okay, well, this is where Sean Linda, this is your wheelhouse. Go well, for it. Let's talk about,、um, you know, we can't, you can't undo the past, so let's just talk about what we can do in the present. So,、yeah. how, how is your current financial situation? How's your credit, first of all?、Uh, credit,、uh, I'm still trying to rebuild it. It's not the best. Have, have, I'm a little bit embarrassed about it. Have you gone the traditional route, like just going to your bank and telling them, like, you need a personal loan? Maybe you can transfer the balance that's owing on the, this current bad debt and bring it over to a more traditional bank, like a Scotia Bank, Royal Bank. Am I allowed to mention、oh, yeah, other banks? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> so, no, yeah. Fine, that's fine. <laughs> have you tried to do that?、Uh, no, I haven't, to be honest. So, let, me, let me ask you did you talk to a producer about loan sharks? Yeah, it felt like basically they were being loan sharks towards me. Well, they, they, they definitely. Because, could... Go ahead. Oh, yeah, because how can $600, a $600 loan become like $1,200, $1,300 in less than two months? Well, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to understand the terms of your loan. And then, even、yeah. if and it sounds like if they are, you got to get yourself out of that loan and you got to see、mm-hmm. if there's a way you can transfer the balance. And maybe a lot of it is. Look at the principal owing. You could have a high interest rate, which your interest payments add up to that payment every month, but your principal may still be only $600, $500, whatever that number is. So if you can, the quicker you can transfer the principal over and avoid paying that interest, the better off you'll be. So that's why I would say you should look into going to traditional banks, bringing over them to the statement and showing what principal owing is. There's interest and there's principal. You need to separate the two. So you need to figure out what principal balance do I owe. And, when can, I, and、mm-hmm. can I transfer that into a personal loan or so forth? And, worst case scenario, I mean, you could also, even your credit card allows you to do 
transfers. You, I don't know. You can ask your credit card company, and they'll, they'll even send you like checks that you can write to a certain company wherever you owe and pay off that balance and put it on your credit card, which seems like would be a lesser payment amount. Dan, can I ask, what, why, what, what, what's been the hesitation, if any? Like, why haven't you gone that route already? Uh, because I've been rejected many times by other banks. Mm. Basically, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So you feel, how much are you thinking about this every day? Uh, it comes to mind at least once a week or twice a week, so it's always behind my mind. Mm-hmm. Do you know Especially the I, Do you know the balance owing right now? Do you know the principal amount that's owed versus the interest? Uh, the principal would be about five hundred dollars. Exactly. So, and, uh, um, this is not even including the late fees and what other fees they they're setting on top. So my my suggestion is, you know, are, do you have any credit cards currently? No. Have you ever applied for one? Uh, I would say about a good four or five years ago. So you you may want to try and applying for one, and if you can, transfer that balance over as quickly as possible. And a lot of times, credit cards to get your business, depending on your credit score, they give teaser rates, meaning that you could go six months, seven months, even a year without any type of interest payment, where you could then make equal installment payments on that five hundred dollars and avoid paying all that interest and late fees that they're charging you. I just want to acknowledge, Dan. Good luck to you. We can't obviously resolve everyone's scenario, although I can see that you're thinking it all through, um, our guest. And and I think they're undercurrents. You know, they're sort of Dan is hesitating. I think it's embarrassing, right? For people, okay, let's have an open line show. Talk about the dumbest way you've ever lost money. I mean, what am I thinking? But um, that's the best place to learn, I think. And, and you know, and there's nothing to be embarrassed about, Dan. Everybody goes through this, including myself. So I would definitely not look at it as something embarrassing, but more getting control of your finances. one 817 8995 You may have a scenario you want to put to our guest, Sean Linda. He's the uh, co-host, I guess we call you. I have uh, two black guys with good credit. Have you ever had bad credit yourself? Unfortunately, I fortunately I haven't, you know, but um, I've definitely could have went that way. And, you know, I thank my, my mother, God rest her soul, for, for kind of inspiring me indirectly not to have bad credit. Because growing up, you know, we survived. My mom survived off credit. You know, she would buy things on credit. I remember Colonial Furniture in Ottawa, who can remember that far back. Our whole house was Colonial furniture out. And, you know, she would just always focus as a child to keep paying the bill, whatever it was, on time. And it kind of resonated with me as I got older. So, hmm. so it made an impression. It did. And I don't even think she, know, she knew it. But, yeah, it definitely did. It's interesting. Okay. Mary, you're in Waterdown. Tell us, uh, do you have a story about a, a, maybe a place where, yeah, you're embarrassed. You, you still cross with yourself that, you know, you, you threw <laughs> well, money yes. away. Yes. Yes. We're, we're um, I would say, still cursing stupidity. <laughs> um, I think what more happened? mine than my... More mine than my husband's, but, um, because when we moved into our house here in 2010, we had the home inspection done, and the home inspection guy said, well, we don't know how long this furnace will last. It's original. It could last one year. It could last five years. We have no idea. And so I said, well, you know, you don't know when we should replace it. And he said, no. So a few years down the road, we got a fancy package from a company that does furnace and AC, and they had a deal on, oh, you know, don't forget that the, the um, rebate's running out soon, and here's a deal, and it's a, it's a better package if you get furnace and AC. So my husband and I talked about it, and we decided to replace them, and they were both working fine. And I'm still kicking myself around the block that we replaced them, because it's really much better, I think, to, to wait until something actually breaks down and then replace it. How much did it cost you at the time? 
I think it was about I'm trying to remember. I think it was under ten grand, but yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. And so then, you know, you, since then we, we had a few other things to pay for, so now we just have uh this debt that we're staring down <laughs> trying to bring down and it was an interesting scenario, Mary. I have to tell you. I mean, the day I came home and um, there was a fellow in the basement with my husband, and like the, 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 he wouldn't leave, right? Because he'd made it in the house, and they were talking <laughs> yeah. about that furnace. And I finally, like, I got snarky. You have to go now. No, you have to go now, because you know you can get suckered in, right? What are you hearing in in Mary's story, Sean Linda? I'm hearing that there's in everything. There's a salvage value. There's a point of where you can, you know, you can still make it work, and the cost of doing that. And I think that's something we always have to analyze. You know, we always think this, the world that we live in is like my godfather used to always say, we don't fix things, we just replace them. And there's times where we can still fix it. You know, you can go into and see if there's one part that needs to be replaced versus replacing the whole thing. But salesmen, obviously, they're commission driven. Mm -hmm. So they want you to get the whole new package. So I think moving forward, it's really looking at, you know, what is the opportunity of replacing it versus salvaging it? Yeah, and for you, so it is a debt then that you're carrying right now to pay off this furnace. And and yes. Well, let's hope for a cold winter. And I'm sorry you probably didn't use the AC much this summer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, take care, Mary. Uh, Eaton, you're next. I think you're calling us from Toronto. Yeah, that's right. Okay, what what did this bring to mind? Um, inspiring this uh, disclosure. This goes, back, <laughs> this goes back maybe about ten years ago. I was living uh, not in Toronto at the time. I was living in student housing, and um, basically there were friends that that were friends of friends that uh, were moving into the place where I was vacating, and uh, in order to sort of get everything sorted out. I agreed at the time, uh, much to my later chagrin, that sure, yeah, put my keep keep my name on the on the hydro bill, uh, just to get everyone uh, sort of all uh, moved in and 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 power to the people. Um, <laughs> I completely forgot about it. Blank. I know. I know you're laughing because you know exactly where this is going. We all know where um, it's going. <laughs> they, they, um, they completely uh, went AWOL. Uh, I think it was actually not just them. It was the, actually the people afterwards um, paid, and then t- some months they'd be late. And then I didn't know until a number of years later when when my now wife and I were sort of starting to look at, uh, hey, let's check out what sort of mortgage and credit rating we would be able to get. I looked at it, and I I think that was the first ever time I actually had to pick my jaw off the floor. Wow. Um, um, and then I found out. And it was just like, it was a measly amount. It was such a small amount that, in retrospect, it's like, why did you guys not pay this? Like, there's just no rhyme or reason for it. Just save a couple of Starbucks, get a bunch of guys together, throw a party. You, 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 you can pay that off. Yeah. Um, and you got so, stuck you with know, it. Oh, totally. Like in other ways. It. And did it go to collection agency? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, they, they, they finally called, they got a hold of me, and I found out, and they were like, you know, do you want to go into a, uh, a payment plan? I'm like, no, I'm just going to pay that off my credit card. It's like it's such a small amount. And even the collector's agent was like, oh, 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 oh okay, we should have called you earlier. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. What does that feel like? I mean, I, I always get the idea that it's kind of a, well, it's not a happy day when the collection agency tracks you down. What was no. your... It no, it's it's scary. It's a scary thing to 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 be put through the ringer like that. Yeah, Sean, uh, Linda, what are you hearing in Eaton's story, or well, maybe have a question for him? The question, I, well, one of the questions I have for you, Eaton, is how often were you checking your credit? Uh, 
uh, back then, not as often as I do now. Uh, we we sort of go through uh, now once a year, twice a year. We just uh, uh, tell the listeners little... that. Tell the listeners how often should they check their credit? Eaton, I, tell the listeners how often should they check their credit? Probably once or twice a year. And why should they, Eaton? Because you never know when stuff like this is going to happen and you forgot about it. Exactly. You don't want to be sitting in front of a banker trying to get your mortgage with your lovely new wife and they tell you, hey, you were running up your hydro bill in 1982. Right. And, <laughs> and you're like, what the? So, yeah. 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 No, so, totally. Never mind the mortgage. We, you, with, with, with the credit, sometimes you can't even get a new cell phone. Absolutely. Or if you do, you're going to be paying three times the amount for that iPhone because somebody's using up your hydro. Okay, what I love about exactly. Eaton's story, sorry to say love in that context, but because you were also, how old were you at the time when this, uh, you're in your early 20s? Uh, probably in my mid to late 20s. Yeah, so. because this is sort of a, a constituency that our Absolutely. guest is interested in. Like, do they, how do you get through? Because, you know, I don't know. I remember being that age. Like, <laughs> and I, even though I was careful, but how do you impress... On some without just sounding preachy. I mean, I, I, the tone of your show is fun, so I guess that helps. Right. You kind of kind of relate to them and kind of try to speak in the language that they speak, you know, to make things clearly. And the thing about being that age is that you have no perception of the future. And like five years for you is like, man, when five years ago, they were like 15 or 16. That's like, you know, a, a lifetime ago. So they're yeah. not thinking that. I remember when I got the date when my student loan was due in like 20, 2001, I thought that was, well, by that time, we'll, we'll be living on Mars. Yeah. So, they, so they don't foresee that these things are going to come to fruition because you act. And a lot of people that have bad credit is because of misbehavior when they're in college or university. So they have to understand. Or bad friends when they're in college. Or bad friends getting university. that first. Exactly. So they have to understand that, you know, you're building your portfolio. And that's what I try to tell them, the students, like, you know, hey, apply for credit, but respect credit and, you know, know what, how powerful a tool it is and how you can make it work in your favor. So Okay. Uh, let's go to Gerard. You're in Sudbury. What did this make you think of? A dumb way that you've lost money? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, the, <laughs> Let the me pick one. Way, okay, the dumbest right. way I ever lost money. I uh, I paid a little over fifty five hundred dollars for a picture of a Jeep um, that I'd found on a, a reputable online site, uh, Auto Trader. I had money. This was about seven years ago. I had some money together, and I was driving a jalopy at the time. And I've always wanted to have a Jeep. This was my dream vehicle. And sure enough, I find one—a beautiful looking one with a great deal. Too good to be true, in fact. Um, anyway, so I contacted the seller. Um, they gave me this big long story. Um, uh, it was posing as a woman, seeing that they'd gone through this divorce, etc. They were now living over in Europe somewhere. Uh, anyways, uh, they said that they had uh, set it up through an eBay brokerage, uh, and I later got an email from this uh, from this email broker, which didn't exist, of course. It all had, this, you know, the eBay letterhead, and everything looked very legitimate. Eek. And it never even crossed my mind, not for a second, that I was getting scammed having found this on, you know, on AutoTrader, like uh-huh. the legitimate site, right? Like, it just didn't even occur to me. So, long story short, I end up Western Unioning uh, about $5,500 to this person. And um, I have, I was actually about 600 kilometers away from home working. I was working in the oil rigs way up, way up north in Alberta. Mm-hmm. And I took a day, actually took three days off of work. Uh, so that's all those lost wages and drove altogether about 12 to 1,400 kilometers home on the the day of delivery and i sat and waited all day long and uh and lo and behold my jeep never showed up 
so I called eBay and uh, I talked to somebody there and I gave them uh, uh, there was like a, a case number or whatever this fake number um, and they you know told me obviously right away that uh, very sorry but uh, that doesn't exist and uh, <sighs> there is no cheap coming. Oh. Oh, I just like what was you know how would you put into words your reaction when you? I was uh, I was heartbroken. I was like, I was absolutely heartbroken. I I remember just hanging up the phone and uh, looked at my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, oh, I, I gotta go. <laughs> so I went and got back into my old jalopy and went for a drive for about an hour and a half. And then I went back to work and told all my buddies at work my fun story. Well, you're brave. Did you ever get this Jeep? A uh, Jeep? Oh. Yeah, no, there was nothing. It was the, I can get that the one, whole. the picture, the $5,500 picture. But do you have a Jeep now? I, I actually did end up buying one years oh, later. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We're going off to break. Uh, we can either pick this up when we come back, but uh, we're going to break for some local news and weather. That was Gerard's story of an online scam. You need to ask me my story. I have I have dumb stories, too. I oh, I'm not good. the smartest guy in the room. When we come back, Sean Linda's our guest. One half of two black guys with good credit. More after this break. You're listening to Ontario Today. I'm Rita Celli. In this hour, the dumbest way you've lost money and how to stop. I was going running wild with it. I went to the Rito Center for the first time and I hit up every store on the first level. <laughs> I even bought like at the, uh, there was a store closing at Rito Center the other day and they were selling, you know, on the red carpet you have those r- red velvet ropes. I don't know. It just looked really cool. I'm Sean, the second half of two black guys with good credit. Open lines with Sean Linda. He is a Canadian living in New York. He has a couple of business interests, real estate, financial coaching and podcasting. He's also the co-founder of a company called Financially Clean, and it leads workshops for high school and post-secondary students about how to develop smart discipline when it comes to money. He loves real-life examples and giving advice. How did you throw your money away? one 817 8995 Our Twitter handle is at CBC Ontario Today. Two Black Guys with Good Credit is back like Eddie Shack. And as a season opener, we decided to go in on Jay-Z's new album, 444. With Jay using terms like credit, investments, buying buildings, and generational wealth, we're decoding the album as only we can on Two Black Guys with Good Credit. So sit tight as we kick off this season with a round table. With good credit. Who's your... uh... Who's your uh, compadre there? <laughs> uh, he's listening right now. Shout out to Arlington Forbes. Uh, he, he He's from Toronto, but went to school at Carleton University. And actually, we, we knew each other in the university, but we were really good friends. So we, where'd you meet? In New York? Well, he moved to New York a year prior than I, than, than I did. So we just kept in contact through that way. So then when I moved to New York, we became friends. And he- Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. 
And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Game of the lecture. Just because I'm your friend doesn't mean I'm going to look out for you. You got to do it on your own. New York is a place to do this. So, but we maintained the friendship from then on in. And then we just said, you know, we, I'd always fly to California for work a lot. Or he'd come to New York and we'd have these long walks. Sometimes, like, I'd be half falling asleep about finance and so forth and about buying property, about investing. So we said, you know what? We need to brand this and just make it into some kind of show to kind of to let people know things that we've learned throughout the years. So that's kind of how the idea came up with the show. And I think we're the, you know, the frit and the frat. We, you know, he's more of Malibu laid back guy, and I'm the aggressive guy living in Brooklyn. So it, it works well. It's a good combination. It's a delight to have you here. You're actually in our Ottawa studio, so you're back home uh, doing some work. I think on one of the campuses doing some videotaping. The story before the news, Gerard, who talked about you know paying fifty five hundred for a picture of a Jeep, that long wait, the day it was supposed to arrive and never came. What did it make you think of? You said you had your own story. Uh, a couple of stories. Well, the first story when I was actually looking to buy real estate in New York for the first time, you know, I was. I'm always thinking I'm the savvy guy and I'm going to find an angle. I'm going to get things cheaper than everybody else and I'm going to work it. So I was like, you know, studying the foreclosure market for a number of months. I was going to the auctions on the doorsteps of the Supreme Court in Brooklyn and I was observing and people were coming to me like who I am trying to figure me out because it's a place where, you know, if you do it right, you can make a lot of money. So I finally found this great property in Brooklyn, 81 St. Mark's Place. I still remember the address. And I was like, I'm ready. I'm going to bid on this place. This is it. And you have to bring a cashier's check. And this is what the gentleman talked about before, like giving out a cashier's check. I'm not a fan of it, especially in 2017, because there's no recourse. You know, once you write that check and give it away, it's gone. It's gone. You can go through the court system, all that, but it's a process and it's going to cost you to get it back. So for everybody listening that, you know, be very mindful about giving out cashier checks. Find every other way, PayPal, credit card, whatever you can to avoid. Make that your very, very last option. Sometimes if that's all they accept, it's best to walk away from those deals because there's no recourse. Like, for example, the car, even if you got the car, what if it was a lemon? Mm-hmm. There's cashier's checks. Did you get the building? So <laughs> back to the building, back to the building. So, yes. Yeah, so then I had to walk with... You know, 10% of what the value that we bid on. So I, I was bidding with this one guy. We're going back and forth, and I read books and everything like that and how to bid. And we got to 60000 and then I finally he got to seventy. we got to eight. And I was like, finally, 100000 I want it. I bought, I gave 20% down, $20,000, which was my savings at that point. And I was like, I just bought this brownstone. I'm excited. The guy walks up to me and goes, do you know what you just bought? And I said, Yes, I bought this three-family brownstone. Move out of the way. He's like, no, 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 my friend. You just bought the vacant lot. And I couldn't believe it. I drove my car, raced down to 81 St. Mark's Place. And what happened, there's a crossover street called Flatbush Avenue. I'm sure everybody knows it. And St. Mark's Place runs perpendicular to Flatbush. And when you cross over St. Mark's Place, it turns to St. Mark's Avenue. So, you know, I was just following the numbers and didn't realize that. So in intent, I did buy a vacant lot. This is before Google Street View, obviously. <laughs> yeah, this is nineteen. Uh, this is a long time ago. So wow. I, I, yeah, and I, and you know, it, you know, I honestly, I couldn't tell anybody because my brother and all of them were always like, you, you know, everybody. When you try to push and try to, you know, do things that are against the norm, there's a lot of people that are not going to be like thinking like, oh, you're the smartest guy in the world. They look at you, they're the craziest guy in the world. So I couldn't come home now and say like I lost all this money. I just suck it up. It actually made me then have to drill down and rather than buy a brownstone, I had to buy a condo instead. But everything worked out because that got me into flipping 
from that condo I bought for eighty thousand dollars. Six months later, I sold it for one hundred sixty thousand. Then I bought another for two hundred. Sold it back to the vacant lot. Like was that wasn't what was going on there? Who was the guy bidding with you? Was he just a plant? He was an investor. And how it works at like that's the first like there's there's two types of foreclosure markets people will tell you. But when you hear real estate say this is a foreclosure property, that's already hit the secondary market. The primary market is ones at the courthouse where it's tax liens and so forth, and those are like the really savvy real estate investors. And in my angle was, I, I can be there. I just need to do my homework and research. But I wasn't ready for prime time. Okay. No, that's, a, that's a very intriguing story. Ben, where are you calling us from? Uh, I'm calling from Toronto. Yes. What did it make um, you think of, You're the story of you losing money? Can you, that's, that's a good one. We just heard. And a good yeah. bad, as it were. So this one's fun because I didn't learn the first time. Um, what so, happened? Uh, basically, it's about lending money to other people. Oh. Uh, so uh, this was back in my 20s. I uh, went on vacation with some friends. Um, and actually, I booked the vacation because we all want to be on the same flight, same hotel, yada, yada, yada. And at the last minute, uh, one of the people backed out, um, leaving, you know, basically me with, you know, <laughs> the debt um, and didn't pay me back. And I was able to reclaim part of that money. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, I got got some of it back from them. Uh, fast forward 10 years later, so this is last year, uh, going to Vegas with some friends for my birthday. Um, and uh, again, I was like, you know, I had a good friend. He, you know, I thought he was good for the money. Uh, we're not friends anymore, by the way. What happened? Uh, and Basically, we're all at the airport, and he gets there and comes up with this cockamamie story that he um, his passport is out, out of date, but he's going to try and get an emergency passport. This is about Friday at like 6 p.m., so there's no chance of doing this. Uh, there's like four of us going down. Uh, basically, he never showed up, and I'm was out about $3,000. Um, that you had given to, him? Like, what, what had you given him? Yeah, I had, so I had paid for, like, his trip, essentially, oh. and the hotel. Oh. Um, and the kicker is that every five, four or five months, I will get a text message from him saying, hey, I have the money, let's meet up. And then me being the bleeding heart that I am, uh, will go and show up wherever we're supposed to meet, and he just does not show up. Oh, come on. Um, How many times have you done yeah. that? I'm getting mad for you. <laughs> I'm getting angry. This, happens, like, this has happened three times. Oh, yeah. Well, you send in the podcast of this show. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, Sean, what are you hearing in Ben's story? I, I can say, Vince, you know, and we say it all the time on our podcast. If you listen to our podcast, Two Black Guys, a good credit, we say, you know, your money is your money, and you really need to respect your money at the end of the day. And if people see that you're not respecting the way they're going to come at you, and it's up for you to say, you know, if you think my our friendship is dependent upon me lending you money, then we don't really have a friendship at the end of the day. So it's really of managing your wallet better and knowing, like, you know, when I lend, I always, and I have a golden rule, you know, everybody can hear this. Somebody asks me for $100 to lend, I always say I have 50 I always cut things in half because you're, <laughs> you're still being a good friend. Yeah, yeah. You're still doing your part as a friend to lend them the money. Yes. You're showing, but then you're making them make a little effort to get the rest. So uh, if someone says, hey, can I borrow 1000 Well, I, I can do 500 and see what goes happens from there. Do, do friends yeah. ask you this all the time? I cut it in half. Oh. So and I hope my friends are listening because now they're going to ask me for double. They'll be like, oh, I really want 2000 But well, cut it in half because it, 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 it saves a friendship and, and, and it also shows that, hey, I'm making an effort to help you, but you also got to help yourself. And Ben, in this case, it, it didn't sound like a straight cash thing. It sounds like you booked it. All you guys are going mm-hmm. down. So he just never owned up. He didn't yeah, show up. No, and he, was, yeah. 
You were left with this. I booked it. I mean, all my other friends paid me back. Yeah. Um, happy birthday, Ben. Just like, yeah, <laughs> well, happy and, birthday. I mean, it was a great birthday, but it was like the most expensive birthday I've yeah. ever had. Yeah. And, and you got to man- You got to protect your credit, like I always say as well. You know, I'd rather yeah. lend out the money than actually put my credit on the line because then, you know, I'm sure if you didn't pay it off in full that month, there's interest on top of that and so forth. And this debt, this thing that you did for your friend can go on for months and years. You know, and he doesn't know or she doesn't know and doesn't really care. Well, stuck with his debt. I, I, yeah, I hope it's sort of manageable for you, Ben. And it's still a good story because, uh, you know, a lot of us do this, I guess. You know, you make a make an agreement. It's a in this case, the gentleman's agreement to go uh, and your friend um, didn't live up to it. And he's no longer a friend. That's the other consequence, I guess. Right. Sean Linda, like you lose you lose people. Like Money is a real divider. You think it it's is. OK. And then it's it never is. It never is exactly. And it I still really get, never I is. still get it today from family. I still you know I, I, people call me up and ask me for the strangest things like I need tiles for my house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they want you to solve the problem with yeah, money. Exactly. Well, and we should you know what maybe there's something down the road. I sometimes I hear people when they talk about people who have money and you know there's an expectation that you know just because you have it you'll spread it around. But I think people with money are also protective of it. Like they don't want to just waste it or feel like it expected that they I have to ask pull. you that i'm not the one with money well That's i don't know <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm a public radio host okay <laughs> it, it's true and you know at the end of the day i i've met with people with wealth and you know and even i try to have the same practices like as you accumulate wealth and if you accumulate it from humbling beginnings you have certain principles that you learn along the way and you grow with. And it doesn't change to me. You should have those same principles. You have to value, you know, your money and value the way you, you spread it out. And I think everybody should have those same principles. And it's great. But like I said, it's managing your money and understanding your money is your money. I know. Jackson, uh, you're next. You're calling us from Ottawa. Hello. Well, Hi, how's it going? Okay, what's um, your story? Well, uh, you know, it's kind of, and it kind of speaks to this idea of uh, financial literacy. So I was 18, uh, never had a credit card. And, uh, you know, my first week at university, I go to the bank and uh, the teller asked me how old I am. And uh, they said, well, you might be uh, eligible for a credit card. And I said, oh, sure, absolutely. And uh, it was also a period of my life where, you know, I started dating. Um, so, um, you know, you have access to easy credit. Uh, I'll bet at the time it wasn't much, but uh, it started off at 500 and uh, you go for meals, you know, you go on trips and uh, you do all these things um, for the relationship. And, uh, you know, you start, you start thinking, OK, well, this could be long term. So you make these investments. And uh, unfortunately, you don't realize the consequences of those investments um, when uh, that relationship dissolves. So over time, uh, that $500 grew to uh, credit limit increases on the credit card. Um, overall, if I were to put a figure on it, uh, I probably spent about 10000 but in interest, I think I paid about 15000 so about 25000 in total. Wow. wow. Was it one relationship? Yeah. Many relationships? <laughs> you know, I never learned my lesson, so, uh, well, I think I did now, but... Uh, Don't put your information on the radio. You may have to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think it goes back to this idea of, you know, was I um, responsible enough to actually use credit? And uh, that financial literacy aspect is uh, such a crucial part of that uh, that maturity, you know, as you, so as you grow up. Uh, that's a lot of money. Twenty five grand on top of, I don't know, if you were going to school, maybe you were already playing. How did you pay it off? Uh, so it's a math game. At some point, uh, I think a few years ago, I, I looked at my statement and uh, just, I don't know if every bank does this, but uh, right under the what you owe, there's a, a statement there that says, 
uh, if you pay the minimum, uh, it'll take you 80 years to pay off the, the balance. <laughs> At some point, I realized this is insane. I can't be paying the minimum. And do you remember so, what again, you were putting on these cards? Were you... uh, yeah, I mean, this was just random stuff. This was nothing that was urgent. It was just really discretionary spending. You know, I had... I figured I'd pay it off at some point. At some point, um, I never knew what that some point was. I just realized it's going to be paid off. But I didn't do the math. So I didn't realize, okay, this is how, I'm, how much I'm paying on uh, in terms of interest. And so, you know, I had to really, you know, sober up and, uh, you know, made a budget. Um, realized it's really a numbers game, what's coming in, what's coming, going out. Uh, factored in the interest uh, and set a goal and, uh, you know, Got myself a job that paid me a little more than what I would, you know, what, what I would need to cover the cost, and uh, and I did that. So, so it was just really, you know, taking that time. Okay, so is it paid that, off? Is that what you're saying? Uh, at this point, it's paid off, okay. but I realize there's still some consequences from that, you know, on the credit report. So that's just uh, it's patience, right? I mean, it'll take some time for that to. And just for our young, in. just for our young listeners, and you know, what yeah. I always try to um, profess in our show, you know. What what impair what has impaired you now because of this past debt? How has this helped you your growth, and how has this helped you stop you from obtaining certain things that you know where you can actually account for them? You know, because this is twenty five thousand dollars in debt that you can't even really account for. So now, how this how has this um, impaired you today, or when before you paid it off? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great question. I think it goes back to this, uh, this idea of opportunity cost, Correct. right? So this that's what young people don't understand. Yeah, why do you talk like this, Jackson? What's your field? Young people understand opportunity cost. <laughs> are you are you a business grad or something or what? Well, I'm actually pursuing my PhD, uh, but uh, okay. But it's it's but you know I I this is again it goes back to this idea of financial literacy, right? So all these terms, this language that I'm using, it's not it's not complicated. It's just sitting down. Learning about this, becoming more aware and educated, educa- educating yourself, making that investment okay. for yourself. Because, uh, like I said, $25,000 when you just ended up spending $10,000, uh, it seems excessive and it seems unreasonable. So. Okay. How old are you but now, Jackson? I'm uh, in my 30s. Okay, so 30s. it's not yeah. total ancient history, but wow, that's a heck of a story, too. Thanks for your call. Uh, we're going to go next to Windsor. Jack, you're on the line. Tell us a story that made you think of the dumbest way you've ever <laughs> lost money. I, uh, I'm a, uh, a lawyer. I have a law degree from the States and from oh, no. Canada. Oh, no. And uh, I uh, signed a contract for uh, TELUS in my undergrad in Nova Scotia. And then when I moved to the States, uh, I went and got, uh, went to law school down in Cincinnati. And I, wasn't, I didn't realize I have a permanent residency status in Nova Scotia, which is a different social insurance number. Right. But I have a social security number in the state. So when I was checking my credit, I thought everything was fine. But I find out the, no, the bill from Nova Scotia was 102.98 or something. And I paid it over the phone, and she typed in 102, like 1.02. Oh, no. So I had, I had a 90 or $100 cell phone bill. And this thing haunted me, I guess, my Canadian credit, because I couldn't check the Canadian credit. I didn't even know about it, because mm-hmm. I figured that the banks would know that system, that you could have two social insurance numbers. Like, I could have been committing fraud on one social security number and then transferring my debt, like that show in the office where Creed transfers his, his debt back and forth to another identity. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that I had a different social insurance number. So yeah. when I checked my credit for law school to get a student loan, I couldn't qualify because of this $100 TELUS debt that I actually thought I paid. But since I moved, I never got any of the notices. And they had my phone number, but they never called. They had my email. They never called me. So when you say you didn't so qualify, did, like, did it get resolved? or? I ended up having to pay uh, seven years later or something. 
And, and it was still living there. It was living. Yeah, because and- it took three years to get onto my credit or so, and then four years it stays on there. And then she said, once I pay it in a couple of years, I'll get it off. But when I was in law school, I was going to do two years of law school. But then I had to, uh, I actually had to, um, I had some savings. So I spent most of my savings and I thought I would get a student loan. But because I did so well this year in law school, I graduated early because I already have a law degree. And when I had my meeting with the bank, it was the day after I was done with my last exam, the school told me that I was graduated. So when they told me I was graduated, I thought that uh, I could still apply for my student loan and just get my credit card refinanced. But then I had to get just a little piece of paper that said, I had to be uh, registered, but I wasn't currently registered since I just took my last exam. Okay, there are lots of twists an, in this. <laughs> I, I, I may have make an exception. <laughs> I may have blinked and missed some of it. He's a lawyer. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you? This is what they do. They confuse you. <laughs> no, but, but I get that it was a confusing thing. Sean Linda, what are you hearing in Jack's story? Well, yeah. we can relate because I've, obviously I'm Canadian born and I'm, I'm, I'm a resident of the United States, so I do have what, quote unquote, two tax IDs in both Canada and the United States, and I've for while i still was pulling my report on both to make sure that i'm kosher on both sides so i totally understand uh what you're saying and what happened and it's like i said it's happened to me as well things pop up on my report that i'm like whoa what is this or like you said you a 98 cents difference from what i understand you were being you know punished for and it gets back to you know understanding it and i know in your situation you obviously didn't realize that you had two tax ids but it gets back to the same point we've stressed earlier and i stressed throughout my show is as well is really being proactive with your credit report and making sure that you know well it was and what's the philosophical underpinning there that i mean it's the onus is on us because the system i'm using air quotes uh isn't necessarily friendly when things go even slightly off exactly. the rails. And people think when you get in front of a bank and you're applying for mortgage or loan and you, you give them this tearful story, they're going to be like, oh, well, we're still going to... No, no. It's, it's cold. It's cold. It's like they're looking at you like you're the fool. And you, so you really, it gets down to being, like you said, being in control and understanding. And I always look at, you know, finance and credit as this opportunities and ways in which for me to make sure that I'm on top of things and on top of Do you of like credit? Say, I come from that, like, you know, first generation little Italian immigrant family. Everything's paid off. Pay it off. Pay uh, off your mortgage. Just cash only. <laughs> like, fear everything. Credit <laughs> is exponential, you know, and we talk about debt and, like, and everybody has this um, belief that debt is bad. There's good debt and there's bad debt, you know, and I, I you know, if without debt, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. And it's how well you manage it, you know, mortgages, for example, that's great debt. Student loans, they kind of fall on both sides, depending if you got a great degree and you're able to leverage that degree. Right. But credit card, where the other gentleman called in $25,000 on past girlfriends, yeah. where he doesn't know. <laughs> That's just like, Okay, Ali, you're next. You're in Toronto. Go ahead. What's your story? The dumbest way to lose uh, money. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I think uh, what this talk made me realize is like there's what might be dumb for some people might not be dumb for others. And in my case, going to university immediately after high school was probably the dumbest investment I could have made. Uh, right now I'm in $36,000 in student debt, and I realized that I don't want uh, to do what I went to school for. I went to school for physics. And I'm almost done, and I don't want to pursue that as my career. No, oh, I don't know what to tell you. I'm feeling, I'm feeling <laughs> yeah. it in my heart like this. And and and, and the and the real thing is, it's like at 18, we funnel students into making this huge investment, mm-hmm. 
in their life where we wouldn't trust them with $500 for a credit card. <laughs> now they we're tasked with making a decision that's going to ultimately end up costing them tens of thousands. So I think that's, um, that's I mean, in terms of financial literacy, if we're going to task them with this uh, kind of money, then they should be taught, uh, you know, well in advance uh, how to how to make those decisions. Okay, I, I, I feel like we, you need some therapy on this, though, because, <laughs> you know, you don't want to walk away from all this feeling so bummed yeah. out. How many years have you been, been, been at university? I, I just finished my sixth year of undergrad with uh, very little to show for it. I've actually, I think what I realized was going to college would have been a much better idea for me because I'm more technically inclined. And in the few months of work over the last couple of months, I've gained enough experience that I can be gainfully employed through just my, um, you know, technical technical side of things as opposed to the theory I would learn in university. Right. What were you learning in university, that, can I ask? Uh, so I, I was initially at Ryerson for engineering, mm-hmm. and I flunked out of that, and then I chose physics after that. So I did two years at Ryerson and then another two in physics, and now I'm realizing that that's, that, you know, the, the master's, Ph.D., Route really isn't for me, mm-hmm. and you know, just, yeah. just now I have to pay thirty six thousand dollars back. And, and you want to take it to the finish line? That's what I'm hearing. Like you want to finish it because you're you're close, but it's yeah, uh, exactly. But I'm not going to be using it all that much, you know. And it's not going to be that on the contrary, on the contrary, my friend. Okay, Sean Linda, he's he's jumping in here. He's got a superhero yeah. outfit for the, you. The most, you know, the greatest resource we have over money yeah. is time, right? And you've invested mm-hmm. your time in this, and you have to leverage it. I mean, you have to leverage the relationships you have with your professors, you have to leverage the relationships you have with the university, and you have to find a way in which you can niche this learning that you have to evolve it into something that even it's transferable as far as you're returning. It's a return on your investment. You know, there has yeah. to be fields and occupation and jobs that you can do that relate to this. And if that's not something that you want to do, maybe you like with this whole financial literacy thing, I knew I was—I didn't want to be a broker. I didn't want to be selling real estate, but I was able to package what I've learned along the way and put it into a show. So you have to be able to package what you've learned along the way to make it work for you because you have invested this. You're $36,000 deep into this investment. And just to walk away and say that there's no return on this, I don't believe that. And it's up for you to convince yourself that there is a return on this. These textbooks that I've spent hundreds of dollars on in each textbook have key learnings that make me different than everybody else. I know I'm going off on a tangent. No, no, it's okay. But these are things. Yeah. You told me this is an ad hoc show, right? It's we can, all improv. We can talk about the snow in, 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 <laughs> exactly. in, in, in Alaska right now. But, yeah, so you have to leverage that. You have to make it work for you. You have to look into these textbooks and say, what is unique that I'm learning that the common person is not learning and how can I add value to? Maybe there's kids that need to be tutored so they don't flunk out like you and you can tutor for $100 an hour and start getting a return on your investment. Yeah. And it's Craigslist and, and the other, Kijiji, right? Kijiji is where you can yeah. run ads and that's free, right? What's The cost of running an ad is zero. Don't do it for a cashier's check though. Don't do it for a cashier's check, yes. Ali, so, a quick no, thought from you before we let you go? Yeah, it was just. I mean, I think ultimately, if I had maybe a couple more years after high school to really figure out what I wanted to do, I think that would have worked out better in the end. No, uh, and I, I get that yeah. part. You know what? It's yeah. al- that's almost a different show, but that's totally yeah. legit. But I try to keep everybody to, to deal with the present. Like you can't dwell in the past because people go in crazy just dealing in the past and go into a corner and realize like you got to deal with the current situation. You what mean you curl have. up in a ball and cry and wonder where it went so horribly wrong? Exactly. But it hasn't gone horribly wrong because you've educated yourself and you're not far away from graduating. Yes, there's that thirty-six thousand dollar elephant in the room, but yeah. you can. Leverage that and make it work for you. Well, and I get it. Like, I, you know, I, I remember well in university, people who were torn apart.
apart. Like they just never wanted to tell their parents that they hated what they were doing. I was lucky. I studied journalism, loved it. It's made my, it's been my life. But I get that there's that, that um, consternation. And it's up for you to figure it out, yeah. you know. Leslie, you're in Toronto. Uh, you might be our last caller today. One or two last callers. What happened to you? The dumbest way uh, you lost money. Yeah, so my fiance and I were really, we've, we've been, you know, putting a lot of effort into um, working on our credit and just getting debt paid off because we want to buy a house. And it's Toronto, so we know we have to, you know, be as good as possible to, to get the amount of money that we'll need to buy a house. And uh, we checked our credit ratings, and I noticed that he had a credit card that was, you know, we had paid it off and it was a $0 balance. But the bank, for some reason, had reported it delinquent for almost six months on literally a balance of $0.00. So it's, it's the lesson that I learned is that you can't just, you know, pay it off and think that it's, it's fine. You have to confirm and check and make sure that, yes, I have paid this off and have you reported it properly because I, I had to call them and say, like, why are you reporting zero dollars as delinquent? Okay, let me let me hear from uh, Sean Linda. Do you hear this scenario often? I or? haven't heard zero dollars reporting as being delinquent. delinquent. Um, I, unless you had prior balances in the past that you didn't make and it would continue to show that you've missed payments in the past, mm-hmm. even though you've paid it off, it's still going to show that. Was that the case with you where it's at a zero balance, but you were late on a prior payments? It was, it was, we paid it off in March. And then when I went to go check online, it said March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Okay. All delinquent. Well, uh, you know, when I, when I think of zero, I think of the unrealized gains. That's the other language. (laughs) Sometimes. Listen, we're out of time for today. Come back sometime. Sean Linda, it's been fun. Yes. And can I just say one more thing before I leave? Absolutely. I know a lot of people were talking about credit repair and bad credit. We just did a show on two black guys with good credit. You can go into the podcast and listen. We did a show basically talking about credit repair. So I would advise everybody take a listen we and will follow. tweet it out you'll tweet it out and, and you Sean can follow Lind- me on instagram financially clean sean on instagram and thank you so so much for having me it's been fun sean linda one of the hosts of the podcast two black guys with good credit uh at cbc ontario today is where you're going to find a link that we've tweeted out as well and tomorrow on the program just to flag andrea horvath the leader of the provincial new democrats she actually gave a rousing speech at the uh, federal convention where jagmeet singh has left her caucus andrea horvath Horvath is our guest tomorrow. Bye-bye for now. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.